Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The Weekly Wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for our weekly wrap-up where we take a look at the most talked about headline of the week. This one was out yesterday when the Monetary Authority of Singapore barred DBS from any acquisitions of new business ventures for six months in response to the bank's multiple service disruptions this year. Now, DBS is also required to pause non-essential IT changes for six months and not be allowed to reduce the size of its branch and ATM networks in Singapore for now. But the MES has said it's possible that disruptions may still occur, you know, within this 24 months as DBS implements structural changes to improve the resilience of its digital banking services. Well, we're going to talk more about the implications of these with Benjamin Ang, Head Center of Excellence for National Security and Future Issues in Technology, RSISNTU. Benjamin, good afternoon. Thanks a lot for helping me out. All right, Elliot. Always happy to be on your show. Uh, This is quite an interesting issue and a Someone that takes a look at tech, I wonder though, first impressions, is six months enough to fix these issues? Well, I think MAS would have to balance between six months and giving them enough time to try to do some work, but also you can't let this go on forever because really it's been on since earlier this year and there's been disruption. So I think customers would the NC by now. Mm. I'm sure from the customer's point of view, they would be somewhat happy that some action is being taken or, or some accountability is happening there. But I do wonder, as someone who teaches law, what is the application of the law here? Well, what's happening here is that under the law, the regulator can impose requirements on the banks for how much downtime they can have during a 12-month period. And this has been breached. And then you can impose penalties if the banks don't meet these requirements. So these are meant to give the banks an incentive to get their systems in order and make sure they're stable. And also a disincentive on being slack and letting failures occur. Mm -hmm. I assume some form of that incentive or some form of a first warning was given earlier in March when MAS said that it directed DBS to engage an independent third party to conduct a review of the bank's digital banking services. It looks like it was not enough because there were other disruptions after that. Why not go after this third party as well? Well, to be fair to the IT industry and because I have had to manage the IT projects before, it does take time. And MES does recognize that it could take up to 24 months. And as a customer, you might feel that that's pretty bad, but it's realistic. Because we're talking about the major bank in Singapore, and Mm. we're talking about structural changes that have to be made to make this digital banking services, which are not simple things, Mm. to be more resilient. Okay. Obviously, this law aspect is going to have to be a little bit more nimble when you consider that there's so much more platforms coming out, digital banks coming out. The fact of the matter is without with these new platforms, the bad guys are getting more innovative. So there's going to be more cyber attacks, something that constantly needs to be updated. Well, there's two interesting points you raised there, Elliot, because different platforms mean that there are now entities who are not banks and mm. who might not be covered by MAS regulations, who are handling our money and our transactions. And we need to think about that. Do these entities that hold our money and hold our transactions also need to be regulated by MAS? And should they have some accountability? And if we're talking about the really, really far end 
of fintech. Okay. Then we're talking about the potential for huge sums of money to go missing and then there's no accountability. I think the US is facing that issue right now. Mm. Your second question, which is also very interesting, is that the idea of cyber attacks. Here's the interesting thing. This wasn't a cyber attack. Yeah. It was actually human error. Yeah. But it does show us what could happen yeah. if there was a cyber attack. Okay, unlike that you bring up those two points, A, human error, B, cyber attack. And this comes back to a, a bit of a common law question in that sense, precedence that's being set. So the DBS chairman, Peter Sia, acknowledged that the bank has failed to live up to customers' expectations. And he said senior management will be held accountable. This will be reflected in their compensation. So that's to your point that it was human error. However, a question's being asked a lot lately. People, customers are being told, hey, you are a pillar of cyber defense, you know. But at the same time, you've got this thing happen. When you go to court, there's ultimately going to be this question, who is responsible, the customer or the business owner? And in my view, it's not an either or question. It's a both and question. Okay. And we all are part of this thing. There are some things that only the bank can do because they own the system and they have ability, they have the resources to keep it up, keep it stable. But at the end of the day, if they fail, and you know, in think like cyber attacks and tech breakdowns, we've heard over and over again, it's not if, but when. Yeah. I mean, look, even the US Department of Defense just got hacked again, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what more in everything else? So the important question then for us as small businesses and individuals is, what do we do when the breakdown occurs? Mm. What do we need to prepare now so that we can bounce back? And that framework constantly has to be updated as well. You constantly need to get consultations on that. Absolutely. And because, you know, at the end of the day, the law is important because yeah. it sets the standard and it helps to keep the banks who have the resources or any other critical infrastructure owners accountable because mm. they are the ones who run the system. But then we also have agency, right? Yeah. Yeah. As individuals, as small businesses, we have to be prepared. And I mean, honestly speaking, on that fateful Saturday, yeah. some businesses had stopped taking cash. Yes. <laughs> they were stuck. And yes. as individuals, I got to admit <laughs> that I didn't have enough cash ready that weekend and Me I was too. outside. It got worrying. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh, it was like, huh? what kind of world do we live in where I need to come out cash? <laughs> Can't I just tap and go? <laughs> cash, where is it? You know, yeah. you start yeah. looking in the, oh, this pocket, this bag, you know, this, oh, I hope it went through the laundry. Oh my gosh. And it goes beyond banking and cash. What is it about power yeah. or water mm. or the phone networks? Do you have your SCDF emergency preparedness bag ready? Oh, gosh, my go bag. If I said I ROD'd already, how? Uh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it takes me back to the past where, remember, there was a time where we would have these water rationing exercises. I remember going down uh, the void deck with my mother and all of that doesn't happen anymore. How many people take seriously the SCDF siren, you know, and the message that it sends? My next question, and, and this really is my final question, uh, Benjamin, it might be a bit speculative, but I wonder if... A blanket technology law needs to be set. You see, right now, it's in different parts. You have uh, misuse of Computer Act, you know, even the law of thought where you overlap negligence or duty of care, which probably in this case was applied. If we had a blanket technology law, something like a technology law of Singapore statute, does that open the door to an international framework? Looking at how the international situation is right now, and I've been attending the UN hearings on mm. trying to develop rules or behavior okay. for responsible state behavior. Okay. But if you look at the state of global 
geopolitics right now and the number of wars that are going on yeah. and even the big powers competing against each other on technology, I think it will not be a surprise to say that we are not near finding an answer and a common framework. So all comes back to us back here in Singapore on our island. How are we personally prepared? The best thing to do is just look at yourself and what you have you done to make sure that you are cyber safe. Absolutely. All right. I've been speaking with Benjamin Ang, Head Centre of Excellence for National Security and Future Issues in Technology, RSISNTU. Benjamin, I appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Friday evening. Thanks, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.